Imagine a stranger coming into your workplace and peering over your shoulder at what you do, then telling you how you could do better. Well, that's exactly what Get and Lenkeek has been doing for decades. It sounds weird, yeah. But we go into the workplace and we study the work, uh, how people interact with each other, and we ask questions. Well, why, why are you doing it this way? It's all because of New Zealand's dreadful productivity record. The latest annual report from the Productivity Commission shows more grim numbers. We're working longer hours but we're much less efficient than other countries. So why can't we get our act together? I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. Today on The Detail, how an inefficient workplace is eroding our standard of living and why our Kiwi quirks don't always help. Some of us aren't taking this seriously. Jim? Um, Jim kept on going, actually. Hey, kept on going. Straight to the brats. His nerves always get a bit shaky after a fire drill. So do mine, actually. Yes, I feel a bit shaky too. Couldn't we all go straight to the No. You can get back inside now and get on with your work. Well, don't worry, mate. She'll be right. She'll be right, mate. She'll be right. Don't worry, mate. She'll be right. The sea was quite lumpy and the weather was foul and the bloke with the map was as pissed as an owl and the boys called out, Maui, you clown, let it go. In the noise, he reached down for his grandmother's jawbone and he winked at his mates and said, boys, we don't know how lucky we are. So, as I said, Get and Linkeek's company, Productivity People, has been going into offices and factories and building sites for decades, advising on how they can be more productive. We've been in a slow slide for you know two or three decades. So when we say bad, that uh, the headline number that the Productivity Commission put out was 68%, uh, which is 68% productive output per FTE uh, in uh, New Zealand compared to the uh, OECD countries. So and in the rankings, where where are we? Yeah, that puts us really at uh, at the bottom quartile of the of the rankings. What does it actually mean that? We're at 68%. Does that mean that around a third of our time is wasted at work? Yeah, not just time. I think it's just in, in general, we're, we're a third less competitive than than other nations that we're comparing ourselves to. So if you were to take an analogy and you think about the, uh, the black ferns, if they were to field only 10 or 11 uh, women on the field versus the 15, or if you have uh, Max Verstappen who uh, will drive in a car that's got an engine a third smaller than um, all the other competitors, they might still win, but it's going to be a whole lot harder for them to be able to win. So you're, we're immediately at a disadvantage if, if we know as a nation that we're a third, third behind the rest of the world. Well, let's talk about what productivity actually means, because I think it's one of those words that as soon as someone says it, you just go, oh, God, that's boring. Let's not even talk about it. Yes. But it's really, really important. Correct. Correct. And the um, the definition that we're talking about, 68%, is, is a very crude number. It's uh, GDP per FTE, full-time equivalent work. So it's really the kind of income we bring as a nation compared to the hours that we work. Uh, but really what it means is, that in terms of the rankings, it means that the other nations are further ahead than us. That means we bring in less national wealth. 
and with less national wealth, we can invest less in the things that we really care about in our country, which means that you know, our well-being and our standard of living is affected because of low productivity numbers. So that's why it's important for us. It's probably more important for our future generations because we, we have the opportunity now to do something about this. Well, you, you have said it's the heritage of our future generations. This is productivity. Yeah. And if we're not careful, our own generation. Correct. So if we don't do something about it, our way of life is going to be eroded? And we've already seen it. We've seen that you know, New Zealand has been slow in being able to fund certain drugs that you know, Pharmac hasn't been able to, to fund. We've been slow in uh, being able to take uh, corrective action against maybe um, climate change because we just haven't got the funds in New Zealand to invest in the, in the things that we care about, education, healthcare. Those are all really important topics for everyone in New Zealand and we need to make sure that we have the national wealth to be able to keep, continue to invest in it. And that's the thing, we're just not as wealthy as we should be compared with other OECD countries. Yeah, so um, from that point of view, productivity becomes even cruder and it appears to be about money, but really it is a, a whole lot more. It's around satisfaction as well, job satisfaction. So a worker that has a productive day uh, will go home satisfied versus a worker that's been firefighting and expediting constantly and uh, feel after 10, 12 hours that they haven't achieved anything, even though they've, they, they put a lot of elbow grease into the, into the job that they've done. So we're working really hard, but we're not getting the productive outcomes that other nations get. And do you think we know that? Uh, I think the that number that has been bandied around for a long time, people sort of get a little bit blasé about it or maybe tone deaf about it because they think, yeah, we've heard that before and there's nothing we can do about it, which is completely wrong. There's a lot that we can do about this and we need to do something about this, again, because of the heritage of our grandchildren. But I mean, do you think the average worker knows that they are so much less productive than, you know, someone who's doing the same kind of work in other countries? If you if you were to sit them down and talk to them about this, they will tell you all of these examples about where they're frustrated. You know, frustrated about they were having to wait for information or equipment to be ready uh, or equipment that isn't working properly, quality issues from people that have handed them work, so maybe wrong wrong designs of, uh, of documents or incomplete information. So they get frustrated by a lot of things in their work. And all of that frustration is typically around the inefficiencies that they observe either in with the resources that they have or the method they have got to follow um, or the material that they get handed or the information that they get handed. So that frustration is um, really the, the lead into productivity loss. So what are the workers saying about it? Well, we sent out our producer, Bonnie Harrison, to talk to people in Auckland City. How efficient would you say is your workplace run? I think it can, there could be a lot more that, to be done. Like what? Um, I think the most important thing right now is prioritising the existing resources that we have. We come into all the workplace and we think that we don't have the necessary tools to get through the day quicker, but then I look at the resources that we have and I feel like if it was just allocated better, used better, I think it would be... If it was used better, I think we could be much more efficient in our workplace. Like what? Like how? Our manpower. I work in the district court and um, we're going through multiple matters in a day and um, sometimes we have a lot of people hindered because of um, court operations. Sometimes microphones aren't working or we might not have enough people to cover a certain court. I feel like um, the people that we have in court aren't being used in their, um, in their strong suits. 
We'll get back to Bonnie's productive session on Auckland streets, but back to Gerton. We want to know how Kiwi workers differ to those of his birthplace of the Netherlands. A few years ago, I came here to represent uh, an uh, American healthcare company uh, in, into manufacturing infant formula here in New Zealand using the dairy companies here. And this is sort of the first foray of New Zealand dairy into infant formula, which is a step up from your normal commodity products. The first thing uh, that I, I, I heard when I talked to the people when we were trying to get the process right was this she'll be right concept. And um, we came from a and uh, she'll go wrong concept and everything that could go wrong, we needed to do something about to prevent. So the, that was a really big change, a re- really big shift for me in my thinking that uh, people were expecting that, that it would get right. And we were expecting that things would go wrong and we needed to make sure that we designed it in a way that we got the right outcomes because lives of infants, you know, babies were at stake. Yeah. So yeah. it was a cultural thing. It was a cultural thing, and there were probably another couple of things that sort of struck me. The, uh, the you know, I was told about the number eight wire mentality, which I think is a wonderful you know, New Zealand trait. And this whole can-do attitude is absolutely something that we should maintain because it actually helps our productivity. It, that real making sure that we can get it done. But it's also um, not just getting it done, but it's also making do. We make do with the inefficiencies and we just push through it, whatever it takes. Now, that mm. is you know, other organizations in other countries would stop and think and actually slow down and stop the work to be able to identify what is actually causing this inefficiency and then eliminate it. And then, you know, step by step, you know, making small changes constantly to make and make those improvements. Yeah. Have things changed in New Zealand, you know, in the time that you have no, been I've seen, here? I've seen a lot of change. I've seen a lot of really good firms uh, adopt you know, best practices, uh, especially firms that are exposed to international competition. Uh, so they they are only effective in those markets if they adopt the best practices that are adopted by their competitors worldwide. And uh, so those firms are um, actually, you know, the, uh, the Productivity Commission calls them the frontier firms. So they're because they operate at the frontier. So Who, who are the frontier firms? Uh, so there's large ones, you know, the Fisher and Paykel Healthcare's and, and the Fonterra's uh, of this world. But there's smaller ones as well. A company I, I know of, Blue Lab Corporations, they make um, small uh, handheld pH meters for hydroponic uh, growing. Um, they have a huge international market and they're small, um, but they've adopted these practices because you know, they needed to be competitive in these markets where they operate in the US and in Europe. But if you say you know, that things have improved here, why are we still at 68%? Because the rest of the world has improved further and faster than us. So we haven't, we haven't uh, reduced our productivity. Our productivity has increased, but the other nations have increased faster than we have. Yeah. What, what do you do? Someone said to me that you go into a workplace or one of your people from your team yeah. goes into the workplace and just stands there and watches how people work. Is that yeah. is that pretty much what happens? Yes. Yeah. It sounds weird. Yeah. Um, but we go and go into the workplace and we study the work. We observe the work, how the work is designed, how the process is designed, uh, how people interact with each other. Uh, and then um, we make observations and we talk to the people who are doing the work and we ask questions. So why, 
why are you doing it this way? And what's what, what's happening right now? We constantly ask those questions, and we get answers, and, and we we then look for inefficiencies. And we might be at, a, at an assembly plant where um, somebody's assembling a number of parts on a piece of metal that's being powder coated, and we observe somebody drilling a hole and making it slightly bigger. We ask the questions, and quite often the answer is, oh, it's just a design failure, or it's a um, a part that uh, we couldn't buy anymore a different supply doesn't quite fit so we have to make these small motor, uh, small mods just to make sure it still works you know one example where uh, one of our team you know stood at the line for four hours made a list of 30 something observations talked it through with the, the people with the team leader made the changes had another go at this and doubled production you know within that same period by just trying to eliminate uh, these these small little inefficiencies so we hope that we can give them five ideas so they can do a thousand ideas themselves. Do you think Kiwis are a bit lazy maybe in how we do business? I don't know whether lazy would be the response, maybe a combination of I think under the pump having to turn things out on short time frames, mm. restricted resources would probably be more to the point. When we talk about 68% productivity and it's not so much about people going off and making a cup of tea or stopping by the water cooler and having a chat. We're talking about something much more complex than that. It's a way more complex and it's actually it's incorrect actually what you said. We're working 105% of the hours that other nations work for only 60% of productive output. So people aren't slack in, in how they uh, do that work. Uh, but the way the work's been designed is often and the reason for them to be inefficient. Um, so if I have another example, you know, we've, we found an identical problem when we did work at a, at a law firm and a construction firm when we we're trying to, we call that map that process. So you look at all the way from the front end to acquiring the work to, to delivering the work and then accounting for hours and then billing the client and doing follow up on, on invoices, et cetera. And what we're finding is that in the, just the accounting for hours in the law firm versus the, um, versus the construction firm, there was so much work that needed to happen, was incorrect, it was uh, incomplete. And uh, in, in the construction firm, there was one, one person out of a team of four, their, their sole purpose was to follow up all the discrepancies and making sure that everything worked and you know, clients could be invoiced. So there's your there's your twenty five percent productivity loss right there because that person doesn't need to be there, and that person you can imagine when they go home and uh, and somebody says oh, how was your day and said well I cleaned up the mess of all my coworkers and you know, that's not a very motivating motivating thing so that job satisfaction again is affected for this individual. Sometimes the relationship and relationships in a workplace, especially when it comes to small town New Zealand, yeah. and that's what we're made up of, and and also we're made up of a lot of small firms, aren't we? Correct. Yeah. That that can kind of stand in the way of more efficiencies because it can be tricky for the boss to have maybe a tough conversation with a worker yeah. who could be that person that they play they play in the same sports team at the weekend. Correct. Yeah, and in general, I think you know, the other cultural difference I found was that uh, Kiwis don't like conflict. You know, they don't like to confront someone. They they are more gentle in the way that, or they might ignore something that is that is small. And uh, especially when you've got you know, you've got that mates culture that you're talking about. Right? We're mates at work. We've got a very low uh, sort of status difference between between workers and team leaders and, and managers often. So so when people dislike 
dealing with conflict and dislike just providing some feedback or talking about accountability or expectations, uh, over time that builds up. And when that builds up, then at some point that comes out. And then when it comes out, it's usually a blame uh, situation. We say that 95% of the time, it's the process that's the problem, it's never the people. And we, we notice it all the time. People want to do the right thing, but the way it's been designed, uh, it just makes it, makes it really hard for people to be successful. So if a, if a leader is not comfortable confronting uh, the issues in the process, but they start confronting the person, and then you're on a really slippery slope. Because what we're looking for is people to have their discretionary effort and discretionary ideas. We want them you know, to make those small improvements every single day. So if every individual could make one improvement every day to the way they work, uh, then that business would become you know, better and better and better. And that's really how we can close that gap of, on productivity. It's not, I would take one improvement by one person every day. Um, I would always take that over, you know, the, the concept of a boffin coming up with uh, this magical improvement for the, for the organization. And you know, we need to get everyone involved in the process of improvement. My impression of New Zealand is that we don't like systems, processes and routine. We would generally like to do things on the fly. So the idea of systemic sort of infrastructure and process and organisation um, is quite hard to embed in New Zealand manufacturing, I've found. David Turner is the executive director of Sequel Lumber, which custom cuts radiata pine. He's been working on improving productivity at his Kowado plant for nearly a decade. And so we've had periods where the production system falls over and you have to go back in and fix it. And then you build it up again. And then while well, you've focused on building that up, and another problem emerges in another area because this process in the system hasn't been followed. So it's just this iterative, continuous process of improvement um, that flows up and down. But um, you know, for us, the general trajectory has been up. And and that kind of seems to fit with what Gertin talks about, you know, some of the our Kiwi quirks like, you know, the number eight wire mentality or the she'll be right kind of attitude. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> we, my experience with us as Kiwis is we like to come up with innovative solutions and um, we're not particularly concerned whether those result in better outcomes or not. It's just the, the process of engineering something different <laughs> that excites us. <laughs> Which doesn't necessarily work out that well when you're in a, I guess, when you're in a, a, a factory situation or, yeah, when you're trying to produce mass product. Yeah, look, the foundation of any success is order. You know, you need order and you need a base to work from from which to improve. And so that's what Gerton's process does is it, it forces you to, to build a baseline um, and then systemically continually improve that. And um, the mark of a successful organisation isn't necessarily one that jumps up 100% every year. It's one that grows 0.1% every week. But while David says Gettin has helped his company become more productive, that's only part of the puzzle. Real changes must be made at the top. And in his business, that relates to what the country is shipping off overseas. Too much raw product not enough value-added goods. To me, government, business and people all play a role in New Zealand's productivity statistics. New Zealand 
is it was never going to achieve anything other than last place in the OECD for productivity with the policy settings that multiple New Zealand governments have imposed upon New Zealand people for the last 20 years. So um, until we address the policy impediments, uh, and you're, you're not going to achieve any change in the productivity numbers in New Zealand. And you know, I've worked with multiple governments over the last 10 years, and whilst there's lots of talk, there's no genuine desire to change. Neither of the main parties offer any true desire or initiative around the changes that are necessary. Um, so, you know, trade policy is our number one issue to, to, with respect to productivity because naturally we're tending towards exporting more and more raw materials. So if you look at New Zealand's uh, export complexity, it's just been declining over the last decade. And that's because our biggest trade partners would prefer the rawest form of product from New Zealand. Uh, and that's because they want to add as much value as they can in their own country, which is perfectly natural. But back to Gatton and those Kiwiisms that can both help and hinder. If New Zealanders don't like confrontation, what sort of reaction do you get when you, you know, when you say to them, why are you doing it that way? And if you did it this way, it would be much more efficient. Yeah, so it's a very good question. Being Dutch and sometimes often being a little bit too direct, as you can imagine, uh, even after 30 years. Um, and sometimes that directness is, is needed, especially when um, I just need to point out uh, the obvious. We do have a, a team approach where we have people that are, are more patient with our clients. But most of the time, by just asking questions and just having an open mind around the answer, not having an agenda about this is the, the question I'm asking and I'm, I'm looking for you to give me this particular answer. I think you've just hit a nail on the head around why is it so difficult to make productivity improvement? Because in the end, what is the most important? Hey tangata, hey tangata, hey tangata. It's always about the people in the organization. And if the people aren't on board with this, then any productivity improvement is going to be really difficult and it's going to be top down and it's going to be all stick and no carrot and it will be not sustainable. My team wears like multiple hats with what they do and then even if I were to put them on another completely different role as what their job title says, mm. they're happy to do it for me because one, it's a new learning opportunity for them. And then second, they can't say no to me because I'm too nice to them. Ah, of course. <laughs> but what about, you know, thinking more generally, maybe outside of your workplace, does it surprise you that New Zealanders doing business are not super efficient? I wouldn't say so, no. I'm sure we're all efficient. I mean, you can't measure us with a country like Australia or US or something like that because they've got a lot more people and there's a lot more competition. Whereas us, it's fine, it's good to be like this and not, to take everything so seriously. I mean, I kind of like the work culture here and how people are. If you've been doing this for such a long time and we're still low down on, on productivity, are you doing something wrong or <laughs> why why aren't we more productive if somebody like you is going into, into a workplace? Are there just not enough of you doing it? I'm the first one to say that we're doing something wrong because there's you, know, you can always improve, you know, regardless how how successful you are as an individual uh, or as an organisation. And so, why am I optimistic? It's because we are we are seeing more and more organisations adopt these practices. It's been slow, um, but we're seeing more organisations adopt these practices, and we need critical mass uh, to be able to you know go over the tipping point of 
now we have sufficient knowledge that this is now the acceptable way of working. When we see that change happening, um, then we realize uh, that if more organizations start to do this, that tipping point will, will come. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. Today's episode was engineered by William Saunders. Our producers are Alexia Russell and Bonnie Harrison. And thanks to Gert and Lenkeek and David Turner. Kakite. Kite.